All right, good evening to you, everybody. Wednesday, Tuesday night. I confuse that every week that we do this on Tuesday, but it is Tuesday night. This is the 573 report. Mitchell Forty on one side of your screen, Gabe DeArmond here on the other side. Uh, before we get into it, please, when this show is over or in the middle of it, if you're capable of multitasking, I, I, I don't know. Some of you, I feel like, could do it. Some of you might have troubles with it and might want to wait till the show's over. But go to 573tees.com, check them out, get yourself some new gear to wear for the NCAA tournament or just to have laying around the house, whatever. The NCAA tournament is a thing that, hey, you could actually wear your Missouri gear for this year, and it would make sense. We'll get to that uh, briefly. But first, fresh off the football practice field and Zoom and getting ready to head to Nashville, Tennessee um, for the second time in a year and hopefully actually see a basketball t game this time, Mitch. Yeah, yeah. I will not be present in Nashville like I was last year when uh, – the sports sports world ended. Uh, that was yeah. certainly a, a unique memory to be there for all that, but uh, hopefully that won't happen again. It feels pretty safe to say it won't. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll be interested to see. I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's not probably the, the same. I feel like conference tournaments have taken a little bit of a backseat this year. Yeah. Um, you know, just the goal is, is especially for Missouri, which hasn't won an NCAA tournament game in so long is unless you're going to win the conference tournament is really more about the NCAA tournament, but certainly nice to just get back to this point with it mattering a little bit for Missouri fans. Yeah. And having one, I mean, last year's conference mm -hmm. tournament consisted of <laughs> Ole Miss someone and then, Arkansas Vanderbilt, I think I was think, the other game. I want to say Ole Miss, Georgia, Arkansas, Vandy. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. I think, mm -hmm. and uh, like we won't dwell on this, but it is that time of year, and I, it's what, today's March 9th. Uh, March is. 11th slash 12th was kind of when uh, life stopped. So, hey, we've made it a year. We've accomplished absolutely nothing. But, um, I, I mean, I just remember talking to you on that Thursday morning, and you're like, yeah, I don't know. We're here and like they still are talking about playing and we're going to go yeah. talk to Conzo. It was it was bizarre. It was crazy. I mean, so, you know, yeah, I got there on Wednesday. They had an open practice. And, you know, that was at the point that COVID was kind of already that, that was the day it became really part of the mainstream conversation. The Ivy League canceled everything, I think, the day before. Um, and so we were asking coaches about it and everyone was just kind of like, oh, yeah, I mean, like, we'll just control. We can, we can, can control. You know, we're here. We're going to play. And then that night, the Rudy Gobert thing happened. And by the next morning, like everyone kind of knew it was going to get shut down. But like ev all the conferences were holding out to make someone go first. It was so strange. And, and then even at that point, I think people were still like, yeah, but we'll play the NCAA tournament. The NCAA tournament, they can't cancel that. It, it was weird to me. I was thinking because it, obviously it starts here in, in a week or whatever. Like, I don't remember who won the last NCAA tournament that was played. Uh, it was two Villanova. years ago now. I don't. Uh, was it Villanova? Okay. Yes, it was. I, uh, I mean, or no, or was it Virginia? I don't know. I think it might have been. Or, uh, it was I one of know. those two schools. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a V school. Was, yeah, I actually feel bad for not knowing for sure now. Could have been Vassar. Was, yeah. No, it was Villanova. Virginia was was the the year before. That's okay. my final answer. I, I have absolutely no idea. I, I mean, I would have guessed probably like Duke just because that seemed like it would make sense. But uh, 
We've got uh, we've already got comments on on my facial hair, which is good from Matt Anderson. So appreciate you being here. And we we started off with a bang in in the comments. Adam wants to know what's worse for beat writers covering a Wednesday night game in the SEC tourney or covering a four hour football game that kicks off at 7 p.m. between two below average teams. Oh, boy. That that is a really tough one. At all. <laughs> right, that's like the, I, that. I would love. To, you're crossing two off the bingo card right there. Right, and we would just have a great time complaining bitterly about both. I think I would go with football as being worse because a it's longer, the game is longer, and b as much as the Wednesday night at the SEC tournament is incredibly depressing, it's still like kind of fun to go to Nashville. Like I'm assuming this is in Nashville. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, though, then you're traveling just for that game. So I don't know. I, I'm going. I'm waffling right now, back and forth. I'm still going to say football slightly worse. I I have I have called Wednesday night at the SEC tournament the most depressing night in sports for like four oh, yeah. years. I I mean, yeah. like the only cool thing that's ever happened on Wednesday night is Kim Anderson telling people to shove it up their asses. That's literally the only cool thing that's ever. Happened. That was pretty cool by Wednesday night at the SEC tournament standards. <laughs> that was cool by any standards right I mean, yeah that was cool by like elite eight sunday standards in my opinion i mean i i just remember uh going back and and sitting in the the little staging area waiting for kim to show up and like everybody knew he was gone and stuff and it was well first of all we were all i mean this is really the cynical <laughs> sports writer we were like, oh, my God, we have to stay and cover another game because they just won the 11-14 game. Right, because no one booked a hotel room for <laughs> right. an extra night. Right. Literally, everybody's like, oh, my God, we got to come back tomorrow night at 8.30, and it's going to be – the but, but we're just sitting there, and then this whole video starts to surface, and we're like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Like, now we actually have something to write about other than the – I think it was about the same time that Kevin Perrier Titanic music was, was coming right. up for the shot that won that game. Uh, yeah. Jay Tate's on here. I, I think Jay was at that game. Jay, were you at the Kevin Perrier beating Auburn and Kim Anderson's last game? Uh, it, was, it was our only good memory of that night. But uh, the SEC tournament, like, Man, that's been a short stay for Missouri a lot lately. Like, I was looking back yesterday. Their history in this thing is god-awful. It's terrible. Yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I you know, let's see. Since uh, I, I came to Missouri as a freshman <clears throat> in 2013-14, and I want to say that year they made – they, At least the quarterfinals. They made the quarterfinals the each of yeah. the first two years. They have never made the semifinals. Yeah, they've never just played say, on Saturday. Yeah, okay. And they made the quarters, and I don't think since then they've been back Correct. to the quarters. Yeah, yeah, they were in because their first year they were like a top four seed, and so right. they won the or, or they got. Do you get a buy straight into the quarterfinals in that case? Yes. Okay. So one of the years <laughs> they debuted in the quarterfinals and lost. Yes. And the other yes. year they actually won a game to get to the quarterfinals and then lost. Lost to Florida, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's it. Um, that's it. <laughs> since then, man, like since then, the the, the big Auburn win is the highlight. <laughs> it, it really is. Like Kim and think about that. Kim Anderson has gone deeper in the SEC tournament than any coach in what well, seven years. He's he's gone as as, as deep. deep. I mean, was, you know, he that game just put them into the. That's right. You know, the 
like they, real actual they, first round. They won round the play in round to play play in what they call the second round, which isn't really <laughs> the second round. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he's gone as far. But um no and I also I, would say that that to answer Adam's question, the more I think about it to this year covering Wednesday night at the SEC tournament might be worse because it's that only that one game. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Like there's nothing even going on in the background to distract. Right. You. Um, but then I, I think the worst SEC tournament game was against Georgia. I mean, cause that was 2000, I guess 18 was the tournament 17, 18 season when it was in St. Louis and like Missouri was what the five seed, right? Yeah, I mean, there was they had, had you know kind of the dream season. Michael yeah. Porter came back for that game. Everybody I mean, that, was it, there geared could not up. have been more hype around that game. Yeah, everybody thought, okay, in their home state, the SEC did this for Missouri. Like, there's going to be a run here. And I, I mean, first of all, it wasn't just that they lost; it was one of the worst basketball games I've ever seen. I mean, they were just they were dreadful that whole day. And then, like, we didn't even have to get one night hotel for that. We were just back to Columbia that yeah. night. Yeah, yeah, that was that was probably the most disappointing SEC tournament. Yeah, I would say for sure. So, do they beat? I mean, they're going to beat Georgia, right? I mean, I guess I like I don't know, dude. Like, this team is so ridiculously. Yeah. I mean, they're really. I don't want to say they're they're not that inconsistent by college basketball standards, but they're they're they play, you know wild wildly fluctuating level of game um i mean like i would not be surprised like i'd be a little surprised but i would not be shocked at all if they either lost to georgia or made the sweet 16 like and i know those two things are not mutually exclusive they could lose to georgia and still make the sweet 16 but like you know nothing really from this point on barring like a final four one would four run would like shock me well, because I expect after I expect Georgia p- to be the worst game Missouri plays the rest of the year because they oh, yeah. only play poorly against bad teams. Like, yeah, they they play really well. Even when they lose, they generally play pretty well against the good teams. They save up their crap for the worst opponents on the schedule. It's yeah, it's such a bizarre team. Um, I, I'm not sure how to figure it out. It is my my theory. I've been working on lately <clears throat> is that Missouri. I I don't think it's just. I mean, they're just not exceptionally talented. I would say they're they're extremely average talent level in the SEC. And early in the early in the year, they were you know playing together and, and experienced and all that, and that was helpful. And since then, they've played their best in the games that they have really gotten up for. And the games that are, you know, really there's a motivation factor, revenge against Tennessee, Alabama in that statement game, Florida after a little while off, you know, in kind of a almost a must win type game. I thought those games, they just played harder. And you, you but the, the problem with that is you can't it's just impossible to have that level of, you know, motivation every minute of every game. And so then sometimes you just get games where they, you know, things don't go their way and they lose to a bad team. Thought thought the thought the uh, revenge factor really helped them the second time time against Ole Miss that one went well <laughs> it didn't work out there I mean like but they just didn't I mean they, right. they didn't play I don't know they didn't look very inspired in that game so I don't know that's my theory maybe it's not very good uh, it's, it's as good as we've got um so we've already discussed my facial hair now David Newman wants to know why you don't sound like your dad at all I'll be honest I've had lots of people tell me we sound a lot alike so there you go maybe uh I don't know maybe uh maybe my my microphone system is is poor or something but i've 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 had some people in real life tell me that uh 
tell me that we sound similar. So, okay, I don't know. All right. That's all I have to say. Best Mizzou Conference Tournament memories. I'm going to assume, Mitch, that you don't have a ton of really good ones. No, I mean, I I know like they beating won, South Carolina you know, the big... in the opening round. <laughs> yeah, I know they won the Big Twelve tournament. Like in my you know memory, like I wasn't right. really paying very much attention to Missouri at that point, but I I do remember that happening. So that would have been I, the I year before be you it. got to school, right? Yeah, uh, two years before. Two years, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, they won. Eleven uh, beat Baylor. I remember. Yeah, I watched that game. So I guess that's yeah. it by default. That, <laughs> I, I mean, I was at that game, and that was one. Of, that was a pretty fun game to be at because it almost. I mean, it was never close. Like nobody came close to them in that tournament. And actually, that was. You thought it was going to be Missouri and Kansas for the third round in the final, right. and then Kansas actually got beat by Baylor the night before, and, and no Missouri fans were upset about that. I, I mean. <laughs> Kind of Missouri fans said we want Kansas, but really they were like, no, it's cool that, that Baylor beat them, you know. Um, yeah. But it was just the whole – it was that was the whole Kim English, you know, in the, the arena breaking into the SEC chant. That was kind of a cool thing to be at. I, I'd have to say that was it. I actually went a few times when I was in high school. I went to the Big 8 tournament in at Kemper Arena, and that was really cool. Um, <clears throat> what was really weird about it was that – as soon as Iowa State would lose, like all kinds of tickets became available because I think more Iowa State fans went to that thing than Missouri and Kansas fans. It was like there, yeah. it was the biggest event. And look, I don't mean to disparage the fine city of Ames, but maybe I guess I understand why it was the big event for for all the Iowa State fans of the year. But uh, they always showed yeah. up, man. That was back before their football team was making a bowl game every year, so they couldn't count on that trip to go drink that town dry, so they would do it at KC instead. Right. They would just show up at KC and take all our bush light. Thank God. Do that again. <laughs> In fact, just come down to Columbia and take all the bush light out of Columbia and leave the good beer for us. So um, that's that's good. Um, by the way, we're being reminded that the last national title game was Virginia over Texas Tech. Yeah, all right. I was close. And, I knew it was one of, like I said, one of the V schools. And Auburn apparently was in the last Final Four that was played. I don't know that where I sense, was, but yeah. I remember barely watching that Final Four. Like I think I don't know what I was doing, but I barely paid attention to that. Well, we watched that championship game together. I'm Did we sure. watch that, that title Virginia, game? Texas Tech one? Yeah, at Chilo. Boy, I have no memory of that. Maybe I had some bush light. <laughs> <laughs> probably I, some tank seven the saturday games i'm positive i didn't pay attention to i was the, the, the virginia the auburn one was good i remember auburn yeah. kind of choked it away i think kyle kai got fouled at the last you're, second made you're gonna drive throws. pocket watch away from our our chat here he's our he's one of our most loyal viewers and he's gonna get angry well, i don't want to do that and leave sorry uh so sorry. clearly auburn probably got screwed by the officials in that game is what mitch meant to say right obviously <laughs> yeah. so um I, so I don't know. You look at this SEC bracket, like what what jumps out to you? I mean, because I I could see Missouri beating Arkansas. Like, there's no team that I look at and say, yeah, I'm pretty confident that team's making the semifinals. Like, even I think Alabama will beat Kentucky, but you could see Kentucky on the right day winning that game. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, yeah, already touched on Missouri. Nothing would really surprise me. No outcome. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Alabama is, you know, obviously the best team and, you know, had success against every conference opponent it played this season at some point other than, I mean, they, the Missouri was the only one they didn't beat. So, right. um, but they have a tough draw. Um, Kentucky is 
going to be desperate and absolutely has the talent to make a run. And, you know, Tennessee is, you know, who they would play in the semis is very capable of being good on the right day. They're also capable of being extremely average. So hard to know what to say there. And then, so, you know, same thing with like, you know, like Arkansas has been playing well. They, they are definitely the team that's hottest. Um, but like, you know, it wouldn't, I don't think it would come as a surprise at all if Missouri beat them. Like Missouri beat them badly in Fayetteville and then took them to overtime without Jeremiah Tillman. LSU, very talented, very inconsistent. So, yeah, I mean, like there's there's definitely, I don't know, probably five or six teams I could see winning this thing. I kind of think LSU is the most talented team in this league, but like they lost by 20 points to Georgia a week and a half ago, <laughs> you know? So um, they're, they're probably the most talented offensive team. Their yeah. care level on defense is a, a bit lacking. Yeah. They need a, they need some strong ass defenders to come to Baton Rouge yeah. at some point in the next uh, couple days, I guess. Um, I, I think I would actually pick LSU to win this. I, cause I, I, I I never like picking the one seed. That's stupid. Like, if you just pick the best team, that's not fine. Um, Arkansas has won 12 games in a row, so it probably makes sense to pick them. Uh, I don't I don't know what the hell is going on with Tennessee. Like, I'm, I'm kind of surprised they're the four seed because it just seemed like they really had not a good season to me. They they just they win. They, like, back go back and forth. You know, they win one or two, then lose one or two. Like, just back and forth. And then everyone's like, oh, Tennessee's got it figured it out. Nope, they don't. Like, I don't know. They just, they're not that good. Yeah. Um. So, Missouri plays at, what, 6 o'clock Thursday and Friday? Six, or Thursday, six, at least. 6 o'clock Thursday. And if they win, they're back at it at 6 o'clock Friday. And then uh, – potentially 2:30 Saturday and I I don't think they should try to get to Sunday. I I get the point, but like I don't think they need to still be playing basketball on Sunday. Personally, like I mean I guess it'd be I don't know, sort of fun to cover a team winning the SEC tournament, but I wouldn't be there so right. I I I'd, I'd rather them not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we you got spring football practice Saturday, selection Sunday stuff Sunday. Let, let's cool it on the amount of things we got to cover well, this weekend. Well, that's the problem. If if they if they're playing on Sunday, it makes selection Sunday much harder to Oh yeah. to yeah. get a hold of them and to to I mean, I assume they would like pull over in the airport and do a zoom or something, but you well, know, I think what the, probably the teams, the teams that I think are playing. Yeah. In on like Sunday or whatever are supposed to stay in that city and go straight from there to Indy or something. Maybe I don't, I could be wrong on that. I mean, we are here for school. We are here for yeah. the student athletes. And so right. clearly what we need to do is have them spend a week in Nashville and then go to Indianapolis for a month. That's right, the right. stupidest thing I've ever. Can you imagine? So is the Big Ten tournament? I'm assuming is in Indy this year, right? It is. Yes. I mean, now don't get me wrong. I don't think Big Ten schools are generally located in like the tropical paradises or anything. But God, can you imagine living in a hotel room in Indianapolis for like a month if you play for Ohio State or Iowa or Illinois or Michigan? Yeah, no, if it could legitimately be that long from, you know, probably earlier this week if you make the final four through early April. It that is uh that doesn't sound very fun. And it's not even like two, you know, it's not even like normally visiting a city. Right. Like they they're locked in their hotel rooms one person per room when they're not playing basketball. It and would like, be off. Like the hotels don't even have good breakfast. You just gotta go get yeah. a pre wrapped <laughs> muffin and a thing of yogurt. That's all you can eat yeah. at the hotel now. Um yeah. So, yeah, like they'll all just sit, be sitting there playing Call of Duty for 
27 consecutive nights against each other. You mean going to Zoom classes? <laughs> yes, yes, and and doing their schoolwork, clearly, um, and not sharing answers or anything like that. So, uh, let's see, yeah, Adam said Mizzou has two SEC East titles and zero semifinal appearances in the basketball tournament, obviously a football school. Uh it hadn't been that for a few years either, but I guess it's been that more recently than a basketball school. So we'll transition to NCAA stuff with this uh, because Stuart West actually brings up. I remember attorney loss where Mizzou got hosed against New Mexico because the refs didn't stop the clock. That was actually the last Missouri basketball game that I was at that I didn't cover. Um, they, they played New Mexico with Kenny Thomas in Denver. And so I lived out in South Dakota, so I drove down. My dad was covering the game, so I drove down to meet my parents. And um, I was watching it, and he's right. So Kenny Thomas hits this baseline jumper to put New Mexico up one or two points, whatever, with like five seconds left. And the clock just never stopped. It just kept running as Missouri inbounded and missed like a half-court heave. And I, my theory was Norm was like – I'm about done, man. I'm old. I don't really have the energy to fight this. It's fine. I don't really care. It's an 8-9 game. We're not all that good. Uh, but I remember being fairly irritated at the officials in that game, but nobody else seemed to care, so I moved on pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I would personally be okay with that happening every now and again if we could have games that don't yes. take 57 minutes to play the last one minute on the clock. Oh, can you imagine how long the review would last for that situation now? I mean, it would, like, go into the entire next game. Yeah, potentially three hours. Yeah. Just breaking down how much time was left on the clock. So, look, Missouri's going to Nashville. They know they're in. I, I think we always overestimate what conference tournament week actually can do to your seed. Like, we're going into this going, well, they're a seven now, but if they lose, they're an eight. But if they win, they're a six. And if they win two, they could be a five. You're not moving a seed line on every game. Mm -mm. No, no way. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, you know, they're especially like, you know, I mean, games like Georgia and even Arkansas, like, you know, those are not massive needle movers. You know, there are bubble teams in other leagues that, are, you know, I don't know who, what the Big Ten bracket is exactly, but say like, I don't know, Maryland or some team on the bubble gets a shot to play Michigan, who's, you know, a number one seed. Like that's that's a seed mover in a game by itself but you know playing games against georgia and even arkansas i think probably aren't yes if missouri makes a run um you know i could see them obviously you know if they make it to the league title to the conference title game that maybe boosts their seed up a line certainly if they win it that would definitely you would think boost it up a line but um other than I, that especially also because we don't know where they stand right now obviously so right. it's kind of hard to say I, I mean i would think they're they're like a six and a half seed to me right now they could I, I be agree. a six, but if they lose to Georgia, they're probably not a six. Um, and even if they beat Georgia, I'm not sure they're a six. You know, they're in that Agreed. six to seven range. Agreed. Yeah, no, I think so, too. And, you know, part of that, obviously, is like these things are a little flexible based off of, you know, the matchups and everything. Like, right. you know, they could be slotted to be a six on the S curve and end up being a seven because of whatever regional configurations and matchups and all that. So it, you know, it, I don't think it's going to come down to this Georgia game impacts them one, you know, on a seed line one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, I guess if, if you lose to Georgia and you look bad doing it and a bunch of other teams right around you win, I guess I, I could see him sliding to an eight, but I think you'd have to look pretty bad doing it. 
Yeah, for sure. It'd but yeah, that's really assuming they're at the six or seven range we think right now, which like who knows? <laughs> right, that's true. They could just be an eight on Sunday, and it's like, yeah, they're not an eight because they lost to Georgia. They just were an eight. That's that's what right. the committee thought of them, and like we never know what the committee's thinking, but I think we know it even less this year. Right. Because I, I mean, like, what's the most games anybody's played? Probably like twenty-five games in the country. Right, and then there's teams that have played like 13. So yeah, it's are a, there it's really? A total mess. Well, I'm not Texas A&M. Texas A&M doesn't count. They, they did not. No, play I know any they don't count. But year. like, I don't know. Like, I, I, there are definitely a few teams in the A10 that have played like 15 games or fewer. Uh, I, yeah, I, I guess I, that is certain. That. Slew was. And off. I, I mean, if we're talking about even smaller conferences, I think Iona has played like nine games, and like a couple other teams in the MAAC, yeah. like Canisius and one or two more, have played like 12, 11 games. But obviously, they're not in the conversation with for an at-large bid. But still, I haven't thought about Canisius in quite some time. No, is, is that- I have a. Is that where Cassius Robertson came from, or did it just seem it like is. he should? It is. It's where Cassius Robertson came from. I actually have a friend of mine. His brother's an assistant coach at Canisius, so I try to keep up with the Golden Griffins. Yeah. How are they doing this year? Not good. They actually yeah. just got knocked out of their conference tournament last night. Uh, I'm, they yes. also only played like 11 games. I'm serious. Like which, That wasn't an exaggeration. Which conference is that? The MAAC, the Metro Atlantic. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I don't I don't have anything else to say about that conference. Same, so. same one as same one as Iona, right. St. Peter's. Uh, let's think Quinnipiac. I like there's Quin- some other. I like Quinnipiac. Too. I always felt like Quinn Snyder should have coached there. Yeah, for sure. He should have cut his teeth at Quinnipiac and then come to Missouri. That would have been uh, more solid. So, um, all right, we've got predictions that Missouri is making the the semifinals this year. Here's what I like. No matter how bad your season was on Tuesday of conference tournament week. Every fan in America thinks their team, like there are Texas A&M fans, right? I mean, they're actually more fired up about football, but if yeah. there's a Texas A&M basketball fan, he is sitting there tonight going, you know what? We're pretty fresh. Like we didn't play very many games. All these other dudes, they're wore out, man. We're going to go win five games in five days and we're going dancing. A hundred percent. It's the beauty of college basketball. I mean, everyone legitimately has a, a, a path to the national title or just about everyone. So it's wild that, that it can be so diametrically opposite to college football. But yeah, I mean, like that year, you know, we were talking about the Missouri went over Auburn. I, I mean, I, it definitely, you know, I've entered my mind. You I were mean, convinced, hey, huh? Kim Anderson revenge tour. Who says they can't? <laughs> that, how amazing would that have been that Kim wins like nine games all year and then wins five in five days and makes the NCAA tournament, and they're like, yeah, but, bro, you're still fire. Like, <laughs> yeah, they would have been amazing back. because I would have been I, – I really I, – I think they would have had to still be like, yeah, we, we can't keep you. Like, right. sorry. Oh, At least yeah. they would have if they were smart. Yeah. No, he 100% would still have been not the coach. Like, yeah. he could have won the national title, and <laughs> he shouldn't have still been the coach. I mean, that would have taken five in the – so if he had won the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament, that would have been 11 wins. He never won that many games in a whole season. Yeah, like playing some, I mean, not incredibly tough schedules yeah. either. So, uh, I, Well, don't discount Eastern Illinois taco night. I mean, that's a, absolutely that's a that's a tough draw when you get Eastern <laughs> Illinois fueled by uh, whatever we decided that place was called. Louis, Louis Castillo's or whatever. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so 
this is going to be kind of a weird NCAA tournament. Um, A, it's on different days, and I'm not used to that. But it's all just in the same place with, like, not very many fans. It's going to be weird, I think. It's going to be a little weird, but I also think, like, it's just going to be so welcome because it really was the single thing I missed the most last year. Um, You know, because we we got the gear up in, like, every you know, got into conference tournaments, got some of the auto bids handed out. And it's so much fun, you know, to have those that first weekend, particularly four days of wall to wall hoops. So to to not have that, I I think I'll be very excited for it. Obviously, it's cool also to, you know, be covering a team that's actually a factor uh, (laughs) in in the tournament this year. So it'll be a little different. But I actually think I kind of like the, the schedule better, um, you know, yeah. going going Friday to Monday. So I, I don't know. I just I'm excited. Well, I'm sure by next week we'll we'll do picks and brackets and stuff because we'll sure. know all of that. But I, I'm curious. This is going to depress the hell out of me. But like, what's the first NCAA tournament memory you really are it, like the first game or title game or champ or whatever it is that you remember? You'll be impressed, I think, because I—I mean, the, just college basketball well, I mean, is very big. First in my of all, household. it's clearly after two thousand, which is going to piss me off. But go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's right around there. I can't remember exactly the year, but whenever Duke had Shane Battier, that may have even been ninety nine, two thousand, yeah, somewhere right that around, was around there. Ninety nine. I remember Shane Battier in college. Dude, 100%. you were like three. I was like four. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I really, I've always loved college basketball. I filled out a bracket with my dad starting literally when I was like three. Like he would, we would, the Courier Journal would have the newspaper he worked for had a big giant printout bracket. And we would all put our picks on the same bracket every year. So it was great. Okay, um, so I'm trying to think. He graduated. Uh, Shane Battier graduated from Duke. In. Uh, hang on. I, I got to go to Wikipedia. They know everything. He was drafted <laughs> okay. in the 2001 draft. So I guess that would have been 2001 okay, so, NCAA tournament. Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it was. So, so that's, I mean, okay. okay you I was like, oh, yeah, that's not as bad. But I, and I definitely remember 2002 because uh, I, I, I was Maryland and Indiana and I couldn't figure out oh, Terrapins, Maryland's mascot. So I called them the troubles. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, I thought you were going to go turtles personally, but um, no, I don't know why. Yeah. Troubles. I, I, I had a t-shirt from that final four. So, yeah. So the, uh, the NCAA tournament when I was five was won on a game winning shot shot by one uh, Michael Jordan. Wow. Yeah. I don't Do remember, remember that. It. Okay. Uh, yeah. The first one I remember actually was was '84 was the Georgetown Villanova game. Nice. Yeah, that was so, that's a famous one. Yeah, I remember that. And then then two years later was uh, was Purvis Ellison, who I think was the last Louisville player I actually liked. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you can't have disliked Russ Smith that much. He was very likable. I just well, well, I didn't like dislike him, but I didn't actively like him. I because I really liked. Per A, they were playing Kansas, so I really wanted right, them to right. win. But also then they were, like, as I got older, I understood they were always good. So I just hated teams that were always – I hated all the teams that were always good, you know? That's fair. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it really kind of uh, makes watching the NCAA Final Four difficult because, <laughs> like, they generally are all pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I think my favorite – I don't know – 
Well, my favorite NCAA tournament is clearly Ali Farouk Manesh. He's my favorite player was, in basketball history. That was incredible. That was incredible. I also yeah. like the Bryce Drew one and uh, and Harold the Show Arsenal. I remember watching both those live. Yeah, and I don't know if I can even narrow down favorite NCAA tournament memories. I mean, like Louisville's run in 2013 was cool, even right. though it didn't happen technically, because it was my senior year of high school. You so, and they played their first round in Lexington, and I went and watched. That was that was pretty sweet. That was probably my favorite. But like, I don't know. There's been there's been a lot of good moments on TV. I mean, I remember you know the Dunk City run was pretty crazy. The games weren't oh, even yeah. that close, but that to watch cool. them just like go nuts and score ninety against I think it was Georgetown. I, yeah, I had uh, I had picked Georgetown to the Final Four that year. Yeah, not George a big Mason, fan of that result. George Mason run was was cool. Um, yeah, there so, there's a lot of good ones. So when George Mason clinched its spot in the Final Four mm-hmm. uh, by beating Connecticut, I believe. Yes, I was, correct. I was sitting in Mizzou Arena waiting for Mike Anderson to walk out and had just left University Hall waiting to find out if Mike Alden would be fired. So I didn't see that game because we were waiting for yeah, that's Mike quite Anderson a day, press quite a day in Mizzou history. Yeah, really you know, it was also speaking of stuff with involving Kansas, the, the Steph Curry Kansas game, even though Kansas oh, yeah. ended up winning, that was an incredible game. Only maybe the only team to ever make the final four without ever playing a single digit seed. Yeah, I, you might well, be right. But that they might have played a nine. They had to have played an eight or a nine, right? Yeah, because they were, were one seed. Yeah. Oh, they had to have played a single digit seed. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Steph Curry, quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great game as well. Oh, yeah. I could go on. But. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. Postseason basketball. That's exciting. Not not probably quite as exciting as spring football. Um. <laughs> I I mean I don't know. You tell me Tuesday afternoon practice, Final Four, I don't know. I mean, the weather at practice weather today was, was exceptional. It was beautiful. I, I, the content, less exciting than a Final Four. Yeah. So we're going to transition with this question. Canoe Man wants to know if Michael Cox is eligible for March Madness. So we have been to what, four practices, Mitch? Yes, four right? practices. At yes. No less than four practices. At some point, Mitchell has turned to me and said, Who's number thirty-five? And I said, "That's Michael Cox." Every single time. So <laughs> every single time. <laughs> Look, it, on one hand, he's catching my attention. Clearly, he's got something going for him. He looks good in his uniform. Other he's than, not made enough of an impression to be remembered, though. Yeah, not yet. he is. Uh, other than being a Power Mizzou YouTube legend, um, he is not yet stuck in Mitchell's memory. But I, like, I look up Jay Macklin's number every practice. I'm like, "Who's nineteen? Oh, yeah, that's Jay Macklin." So, you know, we, we all have mental blocks, especially when uh, when we can't watch uh, that much practice. But I'm sure people here will be disappointed to know that your mental block is Michael Cox. So, yeah, I'm still recovering from the loss of journey to the, from the running back room. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal. But uh, we saw we actually saw a whole football practice on Saturday. It was <laughs> approximately as exciting as all the other whole pr- football practices I've seen. But, you know, we did get to see one, which was good. Yeah, I mean, you know, so these practices we go to during the week are pretty much we just watch like stretching and individual drills. So at that time we did at least get to see some one on one stuff, you know, receivers, DBs, some seven on seven, a little bit of 11 on 11. So we, you know, we learned a little bit, Um, you know, got Mookie Cooper and Dominic Levette made a few plays. A few of the DBs made some plays. Um, You know, we we saw uh, Jalen Carley is playing at, at deep safety, which is something we talked to some people about today. Um, 
you know, I don't know. Yeah, there were some there were some takeaways. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's some. Um, but uh, also, I, I just I really hesitate. And I learned this early when we could do like basically play by play from practice. And, you know, people would get so fired up for like a kid that we would mention two or three times and then go, well, you told me he was going to be awesome. And now he doesn't even play. So I really hesitate to to draw too many to put too much out there from from especially from spring practice because it just builds up expectations for these dudes that are not fair i mean like i'm not gonna be out here you know bronzing uh tyler macon's heisman trophy quite yet i'm I'm gonna (laughs) wait till probably at least the second week of august before i start doing that right yeah 100 percent. and especially when you're talking about you know a team practicing against itself like you know first of all every time someone does something good someone on the same team also does something bad so right. you know it's hard to know which played more into the into the result also like you know there are times when the defense knows the plays there are times when you know there's drills that put the offense at a like distinct advantage i mean it's it, it's not something you you know equatable to a game situation something you can really draw a ton of conclusions off of but um you know we're at least kind of just getting familiarized with a few of these newer faces and have you know been able to pick up on some michael cox not being one of them no no still working on that one (laughs) we'll get there though uh real quick back to hoops tyler wants to know what non-ncaa tournament team has the best chance to spoil and win the sec tourney so we we think that the top five plus Missouri are in, right? Yes. So basically, yes, I would say so. You're talking about Ole Miss, Kentucky, or just a complete zero. T- I mean, <laughs> nobody else. Has- Mississippi State can't win this thing. No, I don't think so. I, I mean, South Carolina. Like it's gotta be. It, it's gotta be Kentucky, right? Yeah, I mean, like they're, they're more talented than a lot of the teams that finished ahead of them. They just lost a ton of close games, never really put it together. It's not impossible they could make a run. I think Kentucky's the only team outside the top four that can win it. Like, I don't think Missouri can win it. I don't think Florida can win it because I don't think either of them is consistent enough. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I don't know if I'm, I don't think Kentucky's, but I would, it. I would think Kentucky's more likely than, than those two teams to win, but still not very likely. Right. Yeah. They're the most likely, but not likely. That's a, a good way to put it. Um, uh, let's see. I'm trying to roll through. We have a lot of comments tonight, which is good. Uh, but I'm trying to, to see if there are any actual, uh, questions uh instead of just chat about the auburn national title run which apparently i should have seen keegan said we were definitely at shiloh watching that game i, I, I i'll trust you i mean i don't know um i don't even remember watching that game I, I remember pretty much nothing that has happened in the last uh few years okay so steve brings up a good a good one that i actually joked about some with somebody earlier this year i thought about asking uh thought about seeing if if I sent Barry Odom a message that said, do you want me to get your name out there for Kansas to see if he would reply? I don't think he would, but, uh, so, so, but that really is just the entry for us to, uh, like, I I mean, look, everybody watching this show wants us to make fun of Kansas. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy at this point, but like, what a train wreck. Also, why is Kansas the one that seems to have made the first move here and LSU like, eh, I don't know, LSU, some dude got suspended for a 30 days. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think part of it is because like just about everyone's gone from LSU, which obviously yeah. like doesn't make it okay at all, but it's harder. You, you 
it's harder to like punish people when <laughs> right. everyone's kind of gone. Um, I don't know. I mean, like Kansas, first of all, the two things, first of all, like kind of a win for them. I mean, Les Miles 100%. was not doing a good job and was, you know, I mean, they were, they were, his days there were limited now, you know, easy way out. You probably, I don't know if they'll get away with not paying him completely, but I would think at a worst they'll settle for less than his buyout would have been. So that's, you know, it's actually probably a good thing for their football program, but also man, like what a, what a disaster of a hire. That, but, uh, and like who didn't, think it was like what about a guy that yeah he didn't win quite enough at LSU with four and five star talent but he probably going to get it done in Lawrence Kansas right I mean yeah and and it, yeah and he recruited great at LSU too it yeah. wasn't like you know yeah he got all the talent at his disposal yeah and a hundred percent it was just a name it was a total you know name recognition hire and uh it worked out I mean about as well as expected <laughs> right uh he, I saw a thread on our board the other day. It said, did Mac Rhodes ever do anything good at Missouri? Here's the best thing Mac Rhodes did. I was in a room where Les Miles' name was brought up to Mac Rhodes about that it, during that coaching search. And he, like, I don't think he laughed, but I think he wanted to laugh. Like, he wanted yeah. no part of Les Miles being the head football coach here. So he did that well. Um you know, uh, I don't know. We all had uh, less as being weird and quirky. I'm not sure we all had him as being creepy, but you know, yeah, things happen. You know, my hot take here is that uh, Mac Rose's time at Mizzou didn't go very well, and he did not leave on good terms. But he's actually like a pretty good athletic director. <laughs> he really is. I mean, <laughs> he was good at Houston, and he's good at Baylor. And yeah, you know, it's kind of like Michael Porter. He's good at Tolton. He's good with the Nuggets. Not so good in Columbia. So uh, sorry about yeah. that, folks. Um, but no, I like. I don't think Jeff Long should be fired for this. I mean, if you want to fire Jeff Long because Kansas kind of sucks at most things, that's cool. Fire him for that. But don't yeah. fire him because I mean, he didn't uncover LSU's cover up. Right. Yeah. I, I guess so. Two couple things. One, like, um, I can understand the argument that like. If you had done even a little poking around at LSU, you might have been able to get a whiff of this because clearly people in but that athletic LSU department. LSU was actively but, trying to cover it up. Right. No, I agree. I'm not saying that in alone. It's a fireable offense to not have been able to uncover this. I will say, though, that like just given the entire state of that athletic department now where, you know, the, I mean, regardless of not knowing <clears throat> about this situation, the Les Miles hire, Miles hire was terrible. Yeah. I mean, it was just a, it was never yeah. going to work from a winning standpoint. And the way they've handled this investigation, I mean, like. I don't know. It's been, it's been questionable at best. Like I get that you, you know, you want to just at a certain point, you're saying, yeah, come and get us, you know, prove it. We'll win as much as we can in the meantime. But like, there's been some optical issues, namely the, the incredible Snoop Dogg performance, it's the best thing uh, and happened, the, right. the bill self money commercial, too, which yeah. Yeah. I, I personally love that that happened, but I can see that yes. adding to they're taking away from some of his job security. So like, I don't know. I, given all of that, do you want him to a make the next football hire and b be locked in for however long they're on probation? Well, because that's what his contract says. Like I would not be stunned right. if that is enough to get him. That's what I was going to bring up. So I know Missouri fans have been a little frustrated with Conzo's contract with these escalators where, Hey, if you take this trash basketball program, we had to the NCAA tournament, you automatically get another year, which 
Makes sense. They, you should. So Jeff Long's contract actually says he gets extended by the number of years that Kansas basketball is banned from the postseason. And <laughs> like a lot of people think that's going to be more than one, you know? So they actually have to, I think they actually have to decide here pretty quick because now he's out there with no football coach talking about how he's going to go on a national search. And like, if you don't want him to go on that national search, you just go, no, 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 Jeff, you, <laughs> no, no, you're good. And Oh, by the way, now there is no danger that we have to give you like a five-year contract extension and you have to hire a coach to replace Bill Self who just took the job in San Antonio. You know? <laughs> uh, so, right, exactly. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm not time. saying that he's going to get fired because he didn't figure out the less miles cover up deal, but I am saying that I would not be surprised if it happens because of just the right. culmination of circumstances and, there. And now for all the people who are saying, well, well, so they can fire less miles, but the basketball stuff, like nothing's happened with the basketball stuff. The NCAA, that's not, I mean, I don't think Kansas is calling the NCAA saying, Hey, could you speed up? Like, could we get, this done? <laughs> you know? Um, but, and I think, it might have been on this show we talked about it last week. I don't know. I've done a few. But, like, I think it would be really cool, though, if the NCAA just did show up at the tournament in Indianapolis and be like, oh, Kansas, sorry, we just decided you cannot play. We've already got the alternate yeah. teams here. You're in. Uh, you know, Belmont in, Kansas out. That'd be cool on, like, Thursday It'd be night. great. With, it'd be fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, like, who knows? I, I mean, like, truly, like, by this time next year, is it going to be wrapped up? Like, no one knows. I mean, at this point, like, there's truly no telling how long it's going to last. It's ridiculous. Right. And, and Well, and, like, that was on center stage in Columbia. I mean, mm -hmm. so two things. You were at the game, so you didn't watch the TV broadcast. And I understand it's the SEC network. But I don't know how you can watch LSU play basketball for two hours and 15 minutes and just pretend everything's just normal. Like you, just, You're right. <laughs> you don't even talk about it, right? I mean, Javante Smart was on that court. You know, <laughs> it's kind of a natural segue to bring that up. And and the other thing, and I, I will defend Conzo on this front. Like, if you watch that game, and you think that's two coaches playing on a level field, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, hundred percent. It, it's it's mind blowing to me. And like, I get that basketball is kind of it's just kind of a, a disaster. It's accessible and all that. Like, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be cleaned up. But it's incredible to me that two calendar years after that wiretap came out, not only is Will Wade still at LSU, but Devontae Smart's still there. Still it's there. unbelievable to me. He's played every game. I don't think he was ever even suspended. It's unbelievable. And he also looks like he's aged about fifty years in that time. By the way, <laughs> yeah, he, um, he looks old. Get, get that man some Rogaine but um anyway like yeah I, I mean my biggest takeaway honestly from that game was just like how is LSU not better because they've got some dudes that can yes. score I mean Cam Thomas those were some those were some grown man shots Trendon Watford's a matchup nightmare and like you know Missouri was answering those shots with Torrance Watson and Drew Bugs. like Missouri really did not have much business winning that game i get that you know you're in it you would like to see the execution better down the stretch but the lsu was was by far the more talented team and you know there are legitimate complaints about consos recruiting but in this one-on-one -on -one comparison i mean like you know clearly there were some lines <laughs> blurred for lsu to get that team blurred i i think you mispronounced obliterated but yes um yeah uh so 
I don't know. Eventually, things are going to happen. Like, one of two things is going to happen. Either we're going to get to the end of this, and all these people who are saying, see, I told you nothing would ever happen. I mean, if they're right, like, A, it's the end of me caring about this sport at all. But, B, also, they are never going to let anybody hear the end of it about how right they were. Or we're going to get to the end of this thing, and, like, Arizona's going to be inconsequential as a program. Kansas is going to be inconsequential as a program. I It's going to be – and I think some of these other programs who maybe haven't specifically been named are going to maybe be a little more careful and change the way they go about things if it goes that I way. I mean, that's – obviously the hope is that, like, you know, enough happens to change the way things have been happening. Um, we'll see if we get to that point. I mean, like – you know, I, the biggest thing that can come from this is if coaches lose their jobs, because that's what makes, you know, like Kansas, Kansas. I mean, Kansas has always been good. Right. And they've have a great history hiring coaches. But but the biggest, you know, issue for them, the biggest thing that can hurt their programs if they have to lose Bill Self, because it's, you know, the odds of replacing him with another Hall of Fame level coach are not great, even though Kansas has been did that fantastic once. hiring. Coaches. Twice, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, you know, yeah, Arizona after Sean Miller, like, I don't know, like maybe they'll find someone like, you know, a better example, like Auburn and LSU, like if they're, if they're, you know, losing Will Wade and Bruce Pearl, like there's a very good chance that those schools just go back to not knowing they have a basketball team. Right. Right. Um, okay. So we're jumping around, but Steve wants to know in football, are the DNs looking good? Um, well, I mean, first of all, we haven't seen really much of we saw a few plays where technically we could have seen if they were getting pressure but most of what we see in practice is not a situation where we can tell you that um but i i think i mean the best one hasn't practiced right i mean trajan jeff right and that's why i think it's hard it would be hard even if we were seeing 11 on 11 every day to assess this defense no trajan jeff coat um no jatorian hansford uh, no Travion Ford. Now I don't. I know we don't expect him to be a starter, but he's a guy that you could theoretically see being in the rotation. I mean, it's just. I I, I don't think you. I think most springs we can't assess anything, but this spring with a new defensive coordinator and like at least two defensive starters out, we can assess even less. Right. No Trajan Jeffcoat. No Jarvis Ware. Jarvis Ware. Um, right. Blaze Aldridge isn't on campus yet. Uh, you know he's definitely going to be in the mix for a starting spot. No Jelani Williams. So, yeah, I mean, and also like when we were talking pass rushers in practice, like there is never a point where they're allowed to touch a quarterback. <laughs> so like, you know, you can sort of tell if they beat an offensive lineman, but it's still a little limited there. So yeah, probably too early to say, um, certainly Jeff Coates health. I mean, bears monitoring. It seems like he's fine though. He, uh, he's apparently day to day, which are we all right? I mean, we've heard day to day a few times, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's even true. Uh, does this Jarvis Ware thing seem weird to you? Oh yeah, yeah it does. Like I mean, there's some there's more going on here, right? I mean, I like I clearly <laughs> don't know that, but yeah, it's players don't just take classes online and rehab in Florida. That's not a thing that yeah. happens in college programs. No, generally college programs want their player right. with rehabbing their with doctors. their own doctors. Yeah, yeah. so I don't, I don't want to speculate because like yeah, we right. both we have don't no clue, know, but it's. It's like a little, it's a little strange. Uh, definitely something to monitor. Yeah. Well, the good news is like on the podcast, you can just 
like you say whatever you want it just nobody's <laughs> held accountable for this so uh, okay cool. <laughs> that's what i've heard anyway <laughs> um all right uh True Divinity actually thinks Will Wade is a good coach, but still doesn't change the fact that he's a cheating scumbag. Look, I, I mean, that team should not have been ten and seven in the SEC. I mean, it just yeah, that team should have run away with the SEC, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Will Wade is not a bad coach by any means, and you know that you know he's done good things with you know like solid teams of the past i'm assuming his vcu team wasn't like the most talented team ever although i don't really remember but this current year's sec or lsu team i'm not gonna go out on a limb and say is extremely well coached i mean i yeah like i said my strongest takeaway from saturday was like man how have they not won more games (laughs) exactly uh tony says one thing i've noticed at drinkwitz's pressers is he's way more comfortable speaking with the media and actually joking with you people just watch the you people talk here, Tony. <laughs> but yes, I, I mean, he is. He's he's breaking, actually got a personality. Um, and yeah. like is I, I, I'm interested to see, like, it will be OK to speak to him in person again at some point. You know, like he's yeah. clearly pretty comfortable on Zoom, but Zoom sucks, man. I mean, I'm it tired does. of this. It, it, you don't get anything any good. You get one question mm-hmm. and you don't get good answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely over Zoom press conferences. Um, but yeah, he does have a personality. Uh, Greg Shackelford, nothing extra going on for the spring game. No, I mean, it's at one o'clock on a day that Missouri could be playing the NCAA tournament opener. Now, I have been told if basketball is at the same time, there is some flexibility with the football game. But like, we don't even know if we're going to be covering the spring football game because if mm-hmm. if Missouri's playing in the NCAA tournament at you know, noon or two or whatever, like that's our day. We, we don't really, Mitch is going to be in Indianapolis. We've got, we've got live shows and stuff that are sold. Like, I don't know that we'll, there's definitely nothing extra. We just hope someone on our staff can see the spring game. Yeah. And really, I'm not that dying to see it. I mean, but it feels like I think should. the spring, it does. I personally think the spring game's like the most overrated thing ever. I mean, yeah. Aubrey Miller that one year had like 19 tackles and was being billed never as played. the next, you know, yeah, never played again. So He did make a big Whatever. play for Jackson State, though, for Coach Pine. I saw that, yeah, which is good for him. He he did say uh, in his at one point in an interview going there, he wanted to go there to do things a linebacker has never done before. He's well on his way. There you go. I like it. Uh Tony says, speaking of the O-line last year, I thought they were going to be horrible and they were really surprising, which we could have picked up a few more transfers. Yeah, um, I mean, losing Larry Borum, I think, hurts, but you do get Hyron White back from injury. You keep Mike Mayetti. Um, so I guess the hope is maybe take a small step forward from where they were last year, you think? Yeah, I think that's the hope. I think the interior of the line should be pretty solid. I mean, you've got Mayetti, you've got Case Cook, and you've got several other guards that you know are, seem to have some abilities. Xavier Delgado um, played a lot last year. Luke Griffin looked looked pretty good last year. EJ Doma Ogar from uh, Oklahoma's pretty highly built transfer, but tackle is definitely the question mark, and and that is still a position where I wouldn't be stunned if you know they can find someone. Transfer. Um, if they they bring in a transfer, you yeah. you've got Hiram White back, but like he hasn't played a ton, and he was out for you know a full year. Um, you've got Zeke Powell back a little up and down last season. You've got Bobby Lawrence and Javon Foster. They've been around, but neither has done a whole lot. So, 
Um, I think that is definitely the question mark. We will see. I mean, I, although I, mean, I should also mention they, they did bring in Gooch. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, I don't even. I expect his first him to make anymore. an immediate impact only because he's, he's Jamarion. Is it? Yes, that's yeah. it. That's it. Well, I mean, you just uh, you just I think gave this show a new motto, Mitch. We've been around uh, been around a while. We haven't really done much, but we have been around <laughs> a while. So we've been we've been here for an hour. So uh, you know we didn't really do much, but I appreciate you guys uh, following along and. And joining us, um, the next time we do this, we're going to have an NCAA tournament bracket to talk about, and it's we think it's going to include Missouri. Um, I mean, I think it would be relatively stunning if it didn't, right? It would be one of the bigger yeah. snubs in in tournament history. I would think so. I mean, at least co compared to you know the bracketology projections, yeah, to, to have a team being thought of as a six or seven to go from out, that would be surprising. That would take a hell of a collapse in the SEC tournament. I don't, I don't think, uh, I think Georgia is respected more than that. Even if uh, Georgia wins, I don't think Missouri's dropping out. So we'll have that to talk about next week. Uh, there's another weather permitting open spring practice on Saturday. Uh, if that happens, there may be some more recruits who just happen to wander by uh, as there were last weekend. So we'll have all that stuff. We'll be back. Um, we don't know what night next week because it all kind of depends on when Missouri is playing in where they are playing in Indiana and when Mitchell leaves for that and all that. So it will be either Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, I will be here with my fancy background and I don't know. Mitch might be in an Indianapolis hotel room we, playing uh, Call of Duty against the other beat writers. <laughs> that, does, that seems unlikely. The Indianapolis <laughs> hotel room part, yes. Call of Duty, probably not. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for watching, guys. Uh, Mitch, we'll talk to you, um, I don't know, probably before next week, but I don't know. Maybe not. Sounds good.